you know, what if I'd have been on that boat? It'd really been some problems, wouldn't it? This is For Love of the Shame, Episode 2, All Aboard. Episode two. Today is January twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one. You can tell that we're dedicated to doing this podcast and making sure it gets out uh, on Sunday every week because right now we're not watching the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but I did spend most of the morning watching FA Cup action, so that's there's a little bit to be said about that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not really concerned about the NFL until I guess the Super Bowl for the most part. Okay. Yeah, I've been I've been doing Sunday errands, which I won't get into too many details, but it's not been the best, but also not the worst. So got everything knocked out. I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you got to watch FA Cup action today. I saw a little bit uh, on my phone here and there, but anyways, we're back into it. NFC Championship games going on currently. The Buccaneers are looks like they're going to pull away from the Packers in the third quarter, but we'll see. Um, let's go ahead and give a, a rundown. We're switching it up from what we've advertised on social media. We're changing yeah, the topic a little bit. One. Yeah, calling an audible. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we uh, we kind of teased one that was going to be about professional darts, but we really didn't have a lot of meat on the bones. That one, it was going to be like 10 minutes. It was pretty open and shut case. Um, but one that we had already discussed prior, uh, the Minnesota Vikings love boat scandal. Um, really excited to discuss this one because it's it's a party, man. Yeah, it's a party. I don't I don't know how obscure this one is in terms of our whole selling point is we're going to do the most obscure thing that we can think mm-hmm. of in terms of sports scandals. But we want to start with two home runs instead of two mediocre episodes. We'll get weirder and more obscure as we go on, but we just can't not talk about this one, I feel like. No, not at all. And also, you know, I kind of figured, all right, we got a few weeks left until football season's over, and we want to stay as topical as possible. But also, right. this one happened in 2005, and I would have been, what, a, I think we said a junior in high school. This may have been, been like the fall of my senior year in high school. Okay. And I don't remember this. So... I'm not sure if it was like widely reported or if it's something that I, I just didn't catch uh, or okay. what, but, but this one nonetheless is still a fun one to discuss. I know there's, there's plenty of articles and even some videos out there about it. Yeah. Um, but either way, it'll be a, an interesting one to go through today. Okay. So you were what, like 17, 18, 2005? Uh, 2005, I would have been 17. Yeah. Okay. I was 14 in 2005. Yeah. Um, I also don't remember this, and it was a ritual for me after practice or whatever I did to get home from school. I would, like, watch ESPN until my eyes bled. Bro, yeah, Stuart Scott was was the man, dude. That was back when ESPN was watchable, and every show wasn't just two people arguing about nothing at all. Fucking ESPN blows now, dude. I was watching the the Auburn-South Carolina basketball game where we got absolutely smoked, dude. But uh, one of the announcers did like a little strut through, pretending to be Conor McGregor, 
and like with a fake chest hat and the McGregor across his stomach. And I'm like 99% sure that's why Connor got laid the fuck out last night. <laughs> Dude, ESPN now is all their anchors are literally like YouTube personalities. That's how they act. Have you uh, ever seen, words. have you ever seen, um, and I, I hate that I have, but have you ever seen the ESPN Snapchat story, like the Sports Center Snapchat story that they put up? No, no. Dude, it is awful. Like it's, really? it's a guy not even doing highlights it's it's some guy named gary whatever and he just talks about like what somebody's wearing half the time and the other half of the time if somebody makes a good play he tries to like push his little catchphrase as hard as he can when he does the top 10 it's, <sighs> it's off i miss the days of like scott van all those guys i know they're still scott with van the network Pelt, Stuart scott chris berman like those yeah. were the guys who made espn what it was man and they just showed – they used to just show highlights. Yeah, but when you get a solid booyah that Stuart Scott used to drop, I mean, come on, it didn't get better than that. But yeah. getting back, 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 back to topic. Um, booyah. How did we do last week as far as uh, uh, stats and everything? Do you really want to talk about that on the show? I mean, we may as well let them know how bad it is. Okay. You know what? I won't get – I won't say specific numbers, but not – not nearly as bad as I thought we would have done. And mm. when I say not nearly as bad, I mean, it surpassed my expectations for the first episode. Okay. So more than just our families, cool. more than just our families, unless they <laughs> just listen to it a bunch of times in which I very highly doubt it. Definitely. I think that, I think that for the first episode, the numbers that we got with the little amount of, I mean, we, we like told people on social media that we were doing this podcast like four days before it came out. So right. There was no like advertising money or anything put into it at all. It's just I'm not spending money on this. No, I'm not, dude. What? This is <laughs> this is for fun. I mean, yeah. look, it's gonna be what it is, and until it is nothing, it'll be fun, and that's the main thing I'm worried about. So yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so you ready to climb aboard? All right, I'm ready to get mischievous. Oh, there it is. There it is. All right, well. Put your helmets on. Um, oh, man. October 6th, 2005. Rookie party for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the rookies, uh, we'll, we'll kind of cut, touch on that in a little bit. Um, but let's just say that this party was not well attended by an, an all-star cast. But you're, you know, when, when you think of the Vikings, you think of boats, you think of women and pillaging towns and whatnot this is going to be very close to that um, it's the land of ten thousand lakes <laughs> that's what they call it but here's here's the thing so it, it's it's widely known in the nfl tradition that rookie parties are a big deal all the veteran players they throw in cash they pull their money and they throw like a big they a big party for all the rookies to welcome them to the league congratulate them on being there and try and build the team camaraderie or what have you right and this one, according to the ringleader, was usually done at a club. Club was booked up. So we said, hey, you know what? Let's do it on a boat. We're at the land of 10,000 lakes. Why not? Why don't you introduce us to the ringleader, Hunter? Uh, yeah, that's going to be huh, Pro Bowl cornerback Fred Smoot, uh, who actually played at Mississippi State, was really good, All-American. Mm -hmm. um, he he is, 
yeah, he's he's the ringleader of all of this. Played in the NFL for nine years, had a pretty solid career. Um, he, uh, yeah, he <laughs> uh, apparently the club actually closed, which um, you know that was where they've been having it, and um, you know got together with uh, some of the more veteran players. I think Bryant McKinney was kind of his right hand man in assembling yep. all this. But um, but yeah, allegedly eighty thousand dollar budget for this party of uh, for the rookies, and uh, I mean that to me. Once we get into some of the details, it feels kind of under budget. But um, but yeah, eighty grand to throw a party. I think you can throw a throw a pretty nice one. And decided to rent out two yachts on Lake Minnetonka in Minnesota, uh, right outside of Minneapolis. So it was close. You know, they didn't go far away or anything. Right. But um. But yeah, it turned out to uh, get get some folks in some pretty hot water, whether with the team, with the league, or with uh, their significant others. Okay, so this is October. So this is we're into the season at this point. Season's yeah. well underway. Yeah, all the the team is, is the team is solidified. Uh, Cuts have been made. They've got a core personnel group, and so yeah. now they're now the veteran players are trying to initiate, essentially initiate and welcome these rookies on board, <laughs> and. Um, they wanted to do it that was horrible and they wanted to do it big style and fred smooth i don't know if you guys have ever seen an interview from fred smooth but there's nothing lame about this guy seems like he's a huge personality he seems like no matter what he does it's going to be big yeah i i would absolutely hang out with fred smooth after listening to some of his interviews and just you know like some of the phrases that he uses his personality um he, he's definitely a, a big you know go big or go home kind of guy which most defensive backs really if you look at their history they are they're they're big personalities you know you when it comes to, to mind there is like Deion sanders uh prime time his entire personality was literally go big or go home yeah and this is when you could actually still hit people in the nfl so you had to be a bigger <laughs> personality but apparently yeah. apparently smooth he after he rented the two large houseboats on his credit card according to reports and yeah. that's pretty much where the paper trail stops because some of these guests on this these two vessels mm-hmm. were questionable i guess um you know different terms are used to describe them um strippers working girls hookers <laughs> prostitutes um they go by a number of names um, but yeah, at the end of the day, what happens is they, um, you know, they get like 17 of the teammates were included with this. Um, and allegedly somewhere around, uh, 90 people were on the two boats. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Smoot would later estimate that there were a hundred women present. So 90 dudes. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so like 90 dudes and about 100 women. It's a pretty good ratio. That's a solid ratio. Yeah, not bad. Um, and only so, 17 of those are players? Wait, hold yeah. on. Let's see well, if that's allegedly, right. Allegedly, I don't know. It's, about 100 women in total showed up. And the way that they showed up on these boats were in limousines and like a mm-hmm. motorcade style. So they pulled up to the marina Mo, limo, limo after limo so they all yeah. came in secession like, a, presid- a, <laughs> like a presidential caravan of horse 
Yeah, basically. And <laughs> the best thing is, man, like these are NFL players, right? Like they've got connections, you know, they're in their twenties and Fred's pretty rich as hell. That. He's like, you got, you know, 20 year old dudes full of cash, burning a hole in our pocket. We're going to do something stupid. Um, flew these girls in from like Atlanta, Miami, New York, LA, like Texas. Um, so they were getting the cream of the crop from these major cities. And funny enough, they are coming off into a bye week uh, is when this party occurred, is yeah. during a bye week. They had just played a game in Atlanta. So I'm just going to blame it on, you know, they were hanging out with some girls. They were like, hey, you know what? You guys need to come up to Minnesota. And then right. next thing you know, they're like, well, wait, why just Atlanta? You know, Miami's got talent. LA's got talent, whatever. Look, these so, veteran players, they go to yeah. these cities. They go to these cities throughout the year, right? Yeah. When they're, they're playing their schedules, they meet people, right? Like the Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta, I'm sure that if not all half, if not all of the contacts that came from ATL were probably met in the Cheetah Club or some similar place yeah. like that. Like these guys go out. Like they're not supposed to, but they do. But in 2005, oh, right? Like social media was yeah. a thing, but it wasn't. Know. Did phones have cameras on them by 2005? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, like, like, you could have gotten away with some photos back then. It's like, no, nah, that guy just kind of looks like me. You're in fine. order, for sure, yes. In order to make any kind of decent photo where you, can, where you can tell someone's appearance in 2005 on a camera phone, you would need to be sitting directly next to them almost. I mean, yeah, it had like, each well camera had area. one megapixel. In a well-lit area, not like in the back of some club or whatever. Um, With the person being completely still and smiling is the only way you're gonna get, <laughs> is the only way you're gonna get a decent photo back then. Exactly on an exactly. L, an LG fucking Envy or a, Ra- a Motorola Razor. Yeah, probably what these guys. So, are so I think what's gonna happen with this story before we get too far into the details, I think one of the things to really consider is a lot of this is going to be hearsay, and how much of it like people are willing to admit because really all you have present are the players, you know, their bros, some hoes, and, like, whatever crew were on board. Because, I mean, someone's got to drive the boat and, you know, serve drinks and yeah. whatever. Um, and then you've got uh, some, we'll call them, I guess, onlookers from the land. Yeah. Um, that's really all the people who are present. So it's a lot of, you know, he said, she said, I think I saw this, but, you know, you, you don't have, you know, I'm assuming you don't have video evidence. You don't have. It's all hearsay. Um, yeah, it's all hearsay. It's speculation. It's, it's circumstantial evidence at best. But what do now, you think, what do you think is going to happen on a boat with a hundred working girls and NFL players? It's going to get weird. Yeah. I and it so. did. I hope so. Now, the one thing that I kind of, again, I, I think that some of these figures are going to be found, you know, we're never going to find out, but I would kind of balk at the idea that, you know, let's say there's, let's just say there's 67 women that are flown in from these cities to attend this party. Okay? Uh-huh. 67 working girls, strippers, hookers, prostitutes, whatever you want to call them. I feel like that's going to take all if not most of that 80 grand so like is that just the budget they set aside and they obviously went over that 
um that that was kind of one of the first things that came to my mind or you know because again they're coming from the cream of the crop so sure, sure. i think that cheap i think that that number Whatever. that 80 grand number it was probably just thrown out there just to make it more i don't know attainable for for people to understand i i definitely think it well exceeded that and and i think like i said earlier paper trail you rented the boats you paid for yep. the drink you paid for the drink service you had probably nice nice drinks nice liquor nice food yeah. on the boat you paid for the admission you paid for the get all that stuff and i mean then, dude you just know, the flights and the limos alone that's gonna yeah. that's gonna surpass 80 grand for 100 people easily yeah. i mean especially if you're flying from all over the country and yeah i can't imagine that these girls pay girls for their pay own for flights them. Can't imagine Minnesota is a cheap place to fly into either. I mean, you no. don't really have a lot of direct flights to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I mean Miami, major cities, but still, Miami, you know, LA. Miami to Minnesota is probably what 600, 600 bucks for a flight. L.A. to Minnesota, New York, Texas. I mean, they're not. Yeah, Atlanta. They're not unless they're, not. they're flying them in on Frontier. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that budget airlines didn't exist back then. Nah, not at all. Not at all. All right, so. Fred Smoot uh, organizes the whole thing with Bryant McKinney and <laughs> um, allegedly, allegedly, Chase, no drugs or minors were on board. Okay. All right. No, all right. there's, there, let's dissect that. Okay. First off, there, out of all these people reported, there's only 17 NFL players on on these two boats, which right. I think also that probably is a lie. That's probably there, there was probably bit. more, but regardless, that means that there was a ton of dudes on these boats that weren't in the NFL. They're probably friends of these guys. They were family mm-hmm. members, whatever. The entourage, yeah, the entourage, and those guys, one hundred and ten percent had drugs on this boat. It's a party boat in two thousand five. There were probably. Every bathroom was probably occupied 24-7 with people. There were probably lines to do, literally lines in the bathroom. Like, there's, yeah. there's, no, there's no way there wasn't drugs on these boats. You're not getting 100 strippers together without there being cocaine somewhere. Imagine thinking that you're going you're gonna to fly in 100 different hookers and then ask them, just be like, oh, hey, by the way, could you please just not bring drugs onto this boat? you're putting a lot of faith in some people you should not put faith in right exactly but regardless exactly they didn't find any and that never came that never came to be a big issue so and the minors thing i get i mean you don't you don't need to do that i don't think they did do that i don't think that's something that no there's yeah there's no uh there's no mention of r kelly being on board so i think they were pretty safe on that (laughs) but i can also i can also feel pretty confident that they weren't making sure that everyone that got on the boat was carded either oh good point because think about it this is a party for rookies a lot of these rookies are what 21 22 years old something like that yeah and then you have their entourage i'm sure that some of them have brothers or family members or friends that not aren't quite the same age as them either there were definitely people that were underage on the boat under 21 i mean i don't think i really have a hard time believing there were people that were under 18 on the boat yeah yeah, that part I can believe. But the drugs, come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. All right. So let's let's kind of go through the the roster, if you will. Um, some of these people you're definitely gonna know. Um, you know, Fred Smoot, obviously, 
Uh, if you're of a certain era of an NFL fan, you know who he is. You know who Bryant McKinney is, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic lineman. Um, you want to break down some of the other attendees of the party? Yeah, Nate Burleson. I think he's a pretty pretty widely known NFL figure. Mm-hmm. Um, Mudell Moore, uh, Pat Williams, Ralph Brown, Jermaine Wiggins, Troy Williamson, who was their first draft pick that year. He was picked seventh overall, I believe. Yeah, seventh yep. overall from, from the University of South Carolina. Um, Kelvin Williams, excuse me, Kevin Williams, Lance Johnstone, Mo Williams, Willie Offord. Um, and and last they but were, not least, last Dante not least, Culpepper. Dante Culpepper, who's the yeah. big one. Yeah. He seems like a guy who would not be fun to party with. I don't think it would be either. I think at that point they had already put the franchise tag on him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So he was he was the guy. So like let's let's just put this in like modern day uh, terms. So for example, if the Green Bay Packers were to do something like this, that would be yes. akin to Aaron Rodgers being on this boat. Do you think Aaron Rodgers would be more fun than Dante Culpepper? For sure, dude. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is like, what? He's almost 40. He's never been married. He has a laundry list of ex-girlfriends who are ridiculous. Yeah. And also, he, again, no kids, has tons of money, worth like $300 million or something like right. that. The dude parties, for sure. Yeah. So he, he would probably be more fun than Dante Culpepper. I think Dante Culpepper see... was a more business guy. Dude, have you ever seen that video of it's uh, him and another Packers player? I can't remember who it was. Uh, they're at a Milwaukee Bucks game, and they're just like chugging beers. Oh yeah, yeah. it had the, the, the fan the fan cam like spotted yeah. him. It was like the chug cam or whatever, and he just crushed it. Uh, he did not do well in comparison. Like there was like in a, comparison, was like an offensive lineman or something. He just like slammed like two back to back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I misremembered, but yeah, no. I mean, look, dude. Aaron Rodgers, still, the fact that he's like, "Fuck it, I'll chug a beer on on camera in front of all these people." He plays in he plays football in Wisconsin. They crush beer. What else is there to do in Wisconsin? Uh, no, that's about it. Just being alcoholic and like ice fish, I guess. And yeah, cheese. literally, that's it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. so there's there's the list of players. You have some big names there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. Where this gets hairy and why this got uh, – Please don't say hairy when we're talking about prostitutes. That's, okay. that's a bad mental image for Hopefully me. it didn't get that hairy. But <laughs> I don't know. Let, let's see. Okay. So where it got a little X-rated is um, – I mean, look, you got 100 prostitutes on these boats, strippers, whatever. Right. And there's booze flowing. There's obviously, like we said, there's drugs going around. Right, and we're just going to say that there's at least, like, weed and blow at this part. At least, okay. So, yeah. this is a – look, Lake Minnetonka is a vacation lake for generally wealthy people in that area. So, they are, not the, they are not the only people on this lake on this weekend. There are right. tons of boats out there. There are tons of beautiful houses on this lake. People are going to see what they're doing, and they did. I mean, when you're partying that hard on two boats that are like side by side, you're going to draw some attention. So yeah. what, are, what are some things that, because I know there's a huge list of things that went down. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that actually like are, are, are accused to have went down on these two boats? Right. So allegedly, Fred Smoot, the ringleader, uh, 
<laughs> apparently go. he's hanging out with these two chicks um just lying on the floor in the lounge area and one of them looks over at him and says hey will, will you hand me that right there turns out it's a double-headed dildo and these two chicks just start going to town with it all right um then allegedly one of the girls leaves you know undisclosed reasons who knows probably had to go you know re-up the, the booger sugar um, and then he is said to have held and manipulated the dildo inside of the woman's vagina. And these reports, <laughs> these reports are coming from staff members on the boat, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, staff members, I'm sure that like maybe crew members, whatever. Yeah, crew members, whatever. Because I doubt that any of the players would snitch on each other. But no. who knows? Maybe that's a test of brotherhood there. So another one is Bryant McKinney. <laughs> The I guess the co the co planner of this event. We'll call him the right hand man. He well, was definitely yeah. yeah. He's the right hand man. And another report from a crew member on the boat says that Brian McKinney and two other players that were mm-hmm. not named in this report were sitting in deck chairs. So when they say sitting in deck chairs, that means that they're like they're in the part of the boat that's not open or that's not enclosed. So they're right. sitting like out on the deck. So there's claims that um, he and two players were having oral sex perform- performed on them from four different women uh, right? just out in the open. So what I want to know there it is – kind of sets the tone for the evening, I guess. I would say so. Um, and, and you can't imagine that of the – and again, it only says – like I was looking back at it. It says 17 key members of the Vikings. So – yeah, you know, maybe some some backup players are involved in this, but they yeah. weren't notable enough to even mention them in any of the articles. Um, but what I want to know here is if this is happening on the deck and Fred Smoot is manipulating dildos inside a woman's vagina, what else is happening on this boat, right? Like, okay. th- these aren't isolated incidents. So I just brought up Bryant McKinney. So he had a busy night. So... Another report yeah. says yeah, he did. <laughs> another report says that after that, uh, McKinney allegedly picked up a woman, a uh, naked woman, working girl, what have you, placed her on top of the bar and performed oral sex on her in front of the other boats and crew members as they cheered. Now, I want to pay <laughs> not only is that ridiculous, okay, first off, dude, you're going down on a stripper. That's disgusting. Second off, yeah. Paint this picture or paint this picture in your mind while you're listening to this. Brian Uh McKinney. All right. As of now, he's 41 years old. But back then, he's in his prime. Yep. He's six foot eight, three hundred and fifty-three pounds. Now Jesus. I don't know the I don't know the roster or what any of these girls look like that were on this boat, but I can imagine. They're a little bit smaller than 6'8", 353. So this dude just threw this naked girl up on the bar like a rag doll and just went to town. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, like, they are going with, again, just times, right? For so sure. What I want to see is this. Um, so let's just say, you know, like a Meg the Stallion, Right. Gross. Just to offer a comparison there, she's 5'10". Okay. All right. Um, 
Alleg- like just according to the internet, 510-143. So okay. a third of this guy. Basically, yeah. And a yeah. foot and a foot shorter. And 5'10 is relatively tall for a woman. Anyway, this guy threw up like a rag doll, probably, and just in front yeah. of everybody as people cheered him on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And at this um, point, you know he's you know he's feeling good. I mean, oh, he's already he's already there. he's already had a pretty good time on the deck with his boys. Yeah. So he wants to reciprocate. If anything, Brian McKenney's a pretty good guy, and he wants to turn the other cheek and say, "You know what? If you're doing that to me, I got you, baby girl. You scratch I'm give my it, back, I scratch yours. Get it right back to you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but that's the, that's a pretty crazy image. But the part that I love is just like the fact that they were cheering him on. It's like, yeah, you can do this, Brian. Go. <laughs> yeah. I understand that this isn't like making a block. Or this isn't like making a big time sack. Right. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? You need to tackle that. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. That's, that's so, a little too weird. So in the interviews, uh, when we get to this part where Brian McKinney just posts up and goes down on the chick, um, Fred Smoot has uh, a description for this that at this time, I think we should uh, share with our listeners because uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Fred Smoot is definitely like from the South. Like I said, he he played at Mississippi State, and um, you know he was born in Jackson, Mississippi. But the way that he describes oral sex on a woman is fan fucking fantastic. It's unbelievable. I'm gonna drop the clip now. All right. It's no offense. We call it just running through the open page. I don't know if you've ever been barefooted and running through an open patch. You know how slimy that feels? It's what you're thinking in your head, all right? It's a very slimy situation that's just hard to get yourself out of. That's why it's called running through the open patch. While the story dominates... Okay, Fred Smoot. Can't describe it any better than that. That was unbelievable. This, oh, guy's, this guy's such a likable guy, dude. He's so funny. <laughs> Every interview I've ever so once we just started talking about this topic, I went back and even even watched interviews that weren't related to this ordeal. And the dude is so funny. Like it's very surprising to me that he doesn't have some kind of like big time analyst position because the guy is a likable guy. He's got tons of energy. He's hilarious. You know that would actually automatically increase the the experience that you would have watching ESPN. But he is as non PC as we are. Yeah. So he, he probably belongs on, you know, like a, a podcast or something. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, Fred Smoot in, in other interviews that I've seen him talk about this event, he was pretty, pretty nice. And in, in the way that he described these girls that they hired, because he, he referred to them as upper echelon. He also referred to them lovingly as working girls. He never used the word hooker. He never used the word prostitute. He said right. that they were of quality. So you know what you gotta respect the 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 respect that he gave these uh, guests that he had on these boats. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if they had business pages on Yelp, I'm sure you can give them all five star reviews. Um, For sure. Which, unfortunately, we were not able to in our research identify any of the women. Obviously, yeah. we would like to have them on, especially 15 years, you know, 15, 16 years later, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get their side of the story because. You know, really all we're able to find are, you know, little bits and pieces from the players themselves, which I think is 
pretty pretty shitty by the reporters to not do their due diligence and get the full spectrum of the story. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't able to identify any of these women. I would love to hear firsthand what the experience was like for the woman that that McKinney threw up on the bar. I want to <laughs> I want to know if he was a beast or not for some reason. I don't know if that Absolutely. makes me if that makes me eh. I don't know. Absolutely, I want to hear about. Absolutely. It. Um, so one of the things, and, and we'll get back into some of the other, uh, players who were involved, but I think that we have to address sort of the risk reward of this party and think about the rookies who they were in fact throwing this party for, um, cause for me, let's, let's stick with the $80,000 budget. Okay. ROI, in my opinion, was not great. You want to give us the uh, the full draft class for the 2005 Minnesota Vikings draft? Yeah, I mean, look, you think you think about this from a veteran standpoint, from Smoot and and uh, McKinney and the other guys that were responsible for throwing this shindig or whatever. You want that? You want it to pay off, right? You want it to increase the team bond. You want it to translate the wins. This is a pretty good Vikings team in 2005. They had high expectations. Um, everyone expected them to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the draft class, yeah. So their first pick in round one was they had the seventh overall pick. They were in a basically like a rebuild year, right? Um, Troy Williamson – or a bounce back year, excuse me. They, they were looking right. to strengthen and, and make a push this year. Troy Williamson, wide receiver, South Carolina. Erasmus James was the 18th overall pick, and their second pick in the first round. Uh, he was a de- defensive end from Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. their third pick, second round, 49th overall, Marcus Johnson. He was an offensive tackle, another uh, Mississippi boy from Ole Miss. Um, I'm sure that he and Smoot got along great with uh, that rivalry in place. <laughs> and their, cool, their, their third pick, or their fourth overall pick their, in the third round was Dustin Fox. He was a cornerback from Ohio State. Then you had at the 112th overall pick, Theatric Faison, uh, mm-hmm. who was a running back from Florida, another SEC guy, and they—I uh, guess they traded up from the Redskins or to the Redskins to get that. They worked out some deal there. Um, they traded their next pick. Next two guys, or the last two guys taken in this draft class, was C.J. Mosley, defensive tackle from Missouri, and then Adrian Ward, a cornerback from UT El Paso. Perfect. So no. I mean, other than maybe Williamson? Williamson um, had probably the better – I mean, he's definitely like the the number one pick for them. So, he he carries a little bit more weight. I would say that, that really C.J. Mosley, I think, had a pretty good career. Solid, yeah. Vikings. Um, they didn't – uh, they didn't – they didn't have an like an, an amazing like all star draft class by any means. Is is the point I guess we're trying to make? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you've got zero Pro Bowls in that entire lineup. There, you have one, two, Ouch, three, zero? four. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Troy never made a Pro Bowl. No. Uh-uh. Oh, that sucks. Okay. He also only played in forty nine games throughout his career. Started one season with the Vikings. Okay, so I'm putting way too much weight on him. For some reason, I'm thinking that he had a much better career than that. Maybe I'm misremembering. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, you might be thinking about Sidney Rice, who also went to the Vikings. 
out of South no, Carolina. I no, know, I know Sydney. I mean, I know Sydney Rice. I wouldn't get those two guys mixed up. I guess I'm just for some reason I'm thinking that Troy Williamson had a better career. Whatever. Okay. Uh, he he finished with 87 catches and 1,100 yards in his career. Touchdowns. Um. Yikes. Yeah, he was the starter for – well, not to that back. He started, what, uh, 22 games in his three seasons with Minnesota. And then okay. he played He played in 10 games, 2008 through 2009, with Jacksonville. All right. So, and then he just kind of bombed out, and who knows where he's at nowadays. Right. But, look, you're, so you're, you're, in, you're in October. Yeah. So you had um, – you, up at this point, you played four games. So they had – up until – so – they're three – they're – excuse no, me, they're no. one, they're one and three, three yeah. at this point. They have a bye week, and yeah. they're like, okay. So, I'm thinking that a lot of this rationale is like, all right, let's turn some things around because they weren't – the games that they were they lost were not close. Like, you've got a week one loss to Tampa Bay by 11. You've got a week two loss by 29. You've got mm-hmm. a week four loss by 20. So, they weren't really in any of these games. Um they blew out the Saints uh, at home, but, you know, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. And um, so they're trying to pick things up. Yeah, yeah. Restore morale, give the rookies, you know, a little welcoming party, which you have to kind of wonder why they waited so long. Yeah. Um, especially waiting until October in Minnesota to go in the water doesn't seem like – I'm guessing the, because the of the bye week. Conditions. Because of the bye week, right? Because back then, I mean, they had – yeah, they but had fuck, four. Man. I mean, the the drafts in April, you can you know you can sure. take these guys on before preseason and or before like camp and everything. But then you've got you know you you've got cuts and stuff that are made po- like during the preseason or what have you. You got your team right. solidified at this point. So and then also their morale was pretty good because they did win three of their four preseason games, and the game that they did lose mm-hmm. was against the Jets, and it was only by seven. So right. they're feeling pretty good. Um, they like in preseason there, they've got a team, they've got, they've got the morale, they've got the confidence going into the season. And then I guess things fall apart. So that maybe, again, maybe they were looking at this as like a rejuvenation kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like you alluded to earlier, this was not a bad Minnesota team. Um, you know, Nate Burleson, pretty good receiver starting out for them. Um, they even had, um, you know, Darren Sharper was on this team. He's yeah. actually one that was on the boat as well. Yeah. Um, the the one downside to this entire story, uh, unfortunately, this was the season after Randy Moss left. Right. That would have been awesome. For Randy Moss to have been on this boat, that would have been fucking hilarious. Dude, two, like, southern guys, like, just mm-hmm. – yeah, coordinating the whole thing, just getting down and dirty with it. But look, this <laughs> this wasn't like all right. They didn't. I don't think they they didn't make the playoffs, right? But right, they finished second in the division, so it's they won nine. They won nine games, and then from November sixth to December eleventh, they won six straight. Yeah, so, so they had a thing, good. They actually accomplished their goal of getting back on track. I mean, when you go from one and three to finish out nine and seven, that's right. that's pretty good. Here's another interesting tidbit about this season for them: is that the week directly after the bye week, you got to think there was some kind of hangover there that lasted mm. for a few days because they got crushed mm-hmm. by the Bears, twenty-eight to three, at Soldier Field directly after the bye week. So yeah. morale may have been high. But they were probably not 
playing at 100%. I can't imagine. You know, one thing I would love to look at to see if the boat uh, party would have been like directly correlated to their poor performance is how well did they punt in that game? Oh, that's a good point because we actually have a clip from the punter <laughs> who uh, – This poor guy. Who, all, all things told, did not get invited – to uh to this party and apparently according to reports he and his wife and i'll let him tell it but he and his wife heard about everything on the news <laughs> and he was like wait a minute why didn't why didn't i get invited to this team morale whatever party the vikings then, are specialists you're canceled they you're, are if you're not discrimination a, against special teams players it's, it's BS punters. And, and actually in the interview that we are watching of this guy, the guy has uh, a shirt, a t-shirt on that says punters are people too. So, which I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> Sorry, my dog, my dog's going crazy down there. Uh, he's good. But yeah, we'll drop that. We'll drop that clip and uh, get right back to it. Sounds good. My wife and I were at home. We saw that there was this report that the Vikings were in trouble for this boat party. And we're like, why didn't we get invited to this party? A couple days later, uh, some more details came out and we're like, hmm, probably a good thing we didn't get invited to that boat party. Go. All right, yeah, that guy rocks. Punters are, punters are disrespected. 100% um, disrespected. And uh, I don't know, man, that's just... <sighs> The, the, wanna... the thing that really pisses me off about this, yeah. Do you know when he started his career with Minnesota? Who's that? The punter? Yeah. No. 2005. Oh, so he was also essentially he wasn't a rookie, but he was new to the team. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what shit is this? Like, was he just not drafted, or maybe it was because he was I'm a married man? For a second. Hold on, I'm gonna see what the hell happened here. Maybe they had respect for his relationship. They knew he was a married man, and they took it upon themselves to respect the sanctity of marriage and to decline him an invite to this scandalous event. And I'll say this: um, as we're talking right now, again, we mentioned that we are not watching the NFC Championship game. It's now a game. It, they were the, the. It looked like the Bucks were about to run away with it when we first started. Twenty-eight, twenty-three. Bucks have the ball on the 28, on Green Bay's 28. Fourth mm -hmm. quarter, five minutes left. So, if they can get some well, kind of Well, let me here. tell you something I'm never going to do, Chase. One thing I'm never going to do is bet against Tom Brady. Um, I, I don't particularly, you know, give a shit about the guy personally, but if there's one thing this man has done in his career is fucking win. The only thing that I'll ever remember Tom Brady for is making out with his kids. <laughs> and I can't stand the guy. I hate him. You can say he's the GOAT all you want. I'll always respectfully disagree. I'll always say that Peyton Manning was a better quarterback. Tom Brady was just in better situations. I don't care that he was on a, on a team that's not as good as the Patriots and the Patriots fell apart after he left. I don't care. None of that matters to me. In my head, my mind is already made up. Peyton Manning, mm -hmm. greater than Tom Brady. That'll never change for me. Question there. Uh, who would you rather party with? They both just seem like they suck it. I probably yeah. probably Peyton just Peyton Manning is a lot funnier than Tom Brady. He, he's like everyone's dad of the NFL. Like, well, he's, he's got just, jokes though. Like he, yeah, his, he's got dad jokes. Like his sense his, of humor is like kind of my brand of sense of humor, but he's not as like non PC as I don't know. know. Have you ever have you ever heard him mic'd up? Yeah, dude. Did you watch the? He lets uh, it go. Like, I mean, deal with uh, Tom and Peyton. 
Yeah, I mean, he lets it go. I mean, he's a he's a competitor, which means that he probably also likes to party. Tom Tom Brady is probably too concerned with getting home before his kid goes to sleep so he can tongue him one more time. <laughs> Not only that, but, I mean, I, I feel like Tom doesn't really drink a whole lot because he does care about his overall health. Like, you know, the guy allegedly doesn't eat tomatoes, which is weird. Um, wow, anyways, humble brag. <laughs> all right. Um, I did look it up, and in the game against Chicago, uh, Chris is Cluey, Cluey. Um, yeah, yeah, six punts for an average of forty-four yards each. So not bad. Okay, not bad. he was fresh. He didn't get bogged down. You know what? If anything, he had he padded his stats because he wasn't emotionally and hungover and and, and drained from the party weekend. Yeah, he probably no, had a exactly. nice he had a nice time on the couch with his wife. They didn't do anything too crazy. Maybe they went out and had a nice dinner. The guy wasn't affected by the partying. He's the he's the real winner. No, I'm kidding. It sucks that he didn't get to go to that party. Yeah, no, 100%. But now when you talk about them respecting his relationship, I disagree. That's a joke. Mule Demore. okay. Uh, I've, I've got a little clip from him. We don't have it in audio form, but I will read exactly what his statement was when he was asked if he saw strippers or sex on his boat uh-huh. or immediately replied, sex, what are you talking about? Is that what, man, that's crazy. Sex, come on. Look, man, I'm engaged, so none of that. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I'm sure that all his boys were like, oh, yeah, no, all we did was have a couple drinks. Nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, the more I read into it, it seems like with there being two boats, one boat was way more fun than the other one. Right. Because Smoot and BMAC, as he calls them, uh, Bryant McKinney, were on the same boat. That's where, you know, he's getting his dick sucked with two other guys. He's going down <laughs> on a stripper. Uh, Smoot's like, you know, double ditto in these bitches. But... <laughs> Then you got it's going Darren, down. Sharper, Darren Sharper saying he claimed he was not on the boat in question. I know I didn't do anything wrong, so I don't worry about it all. Right. From Darren Sharper. And then with Moore saying, you know, hey, I wasn't in all that, so don't put me in trouble. Right. Um, that part kind of makes me think that one boat was a little bit more lit than the other one. Which yeah. I can I can see that. I mean, sure, you separate the groups up based on who you know is going to go hard, and then who you just want to invite because they're your friends or whatever. So, right. Another report is Dante Culpepper. He got a. There's reports saying that he got a lap dance, but that was pretty much the extent of anything that he did. Everyone else said there that he was well behaved and that that was almost forced on him, just as being as famous as he was in the town. Of course, like the girls are going to gravitate to him. Everybody knows who he is, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, apparently that, that he handled with the franchise tag, man. He handles he handled himself pretty well and he didn't do anything too crazy. So respect to Culpepper for that, I guess. And or wow, what a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, when you're looking at a, a franchise tag quarterback who's uh, you know, married and kids and everything to target him out does seem a little uh we'll call it predatory. But yeah. um but yeah, so apparently just the lap dance is the full extent that he went into. But so one say. of the things that I want to dive into really quick is, you know, so we know about the crazy list of allegations. You know, it seems like a great time. I'm, you know, 
I would love to go on a party boat like this with some millionaires. That would be pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, but you want to <laughs> obviously something happened and uh, they get in trouble or they get found out and yeah. police get called. Yeah. So, so once they back to yeah, you're not the only ones on the lake. Right. So once they get back, I guess like so reports are saying like once they dock back up at the marina or what have you they were still partying right like they didn't they didn't just get off the boat we're like all right time to call it a night but people were like walking around at this point and again you're at lake minnetonka you're in a community tons of people have houses on the lake right so the cops get called because multiple people go into um this woman's yard who lives on the lake around nine o'clock that night and they are just unleashing and pissing like crazy in her yard and so she sees this and she calls the cops and lets everyone know what's going on so at that point cops get involved and then police reports get written up and then we have actual witness statements and this is how we got a list of these allegations because they were Mm -hmm. on official police reports (laughs) saying that fred smooth (laughs) was manipulating a double-headed dildo on this boat so they didn't mince words. They they got right into the nitty gritty on these police reports. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And again, witnesses that includes you know the the woman who saw the guys pissing in her yard. Which I mean, dudes get drunk. You're gonna piss in a yard. No big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, not obviously me. private not property. Me, yeah. So you're crossing the line there. But um, it also includes like the cabin crew and and everyone else. But the the laundry list of uh, sex acts reportedly included masturbation, oral sex, woman on man, woman on woman, nice. toys, middle of the floor, middle of the couches, middle of the room. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, the cleaning crew also reported finding used condoms. Which, Safe. You know what? Hey, good Safe. for those guys. Good. Um, you know, the NFL is always talking about increasing safety procedures, and they're obviously listening. Yeah. You know, checking what matters. Uh, they, they probably needed to some of these women probably needed to go through concussion protocol after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but we've also got ky jelly handy wipes uh-huh. and wrappers for sex toys don't so know what that means obviously when you're ballers like these guys you can afford brand new sex toys ah um, you know you're not bringing them from your last parties or the clubs or, or anything like that these are brand new right out of the box Sounds never like been used before they were pretty sanitary they were ready to go they had all the party favors you might need on a boat like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so no drugs so that's that's on the report. That's allegations. But so obviously, the, when the police are there and neighbors and crew members and stuff, the media gets wind of this, right? Yeah. So this was on a Saturday. By yeah. Monday Which morning, apparently, apparently, Chase, this was like a three-day party. Yeah, they were going all weekend. Yeah. And by Monday morning, uh, reports of this night began to began to surface everywhere. Um, the investigators, the, the, once the police reports got filed and like, you know, the investigators got into it, they were looking for potential charges. There wasn't any real evidence into any of this. N- nobody complained about any real wrongdoing. Um, three of the players, the two ringleaders, Smoot, McKinney, and then, uh, also Williams, they all got fines. Um, yeah. they, they pled guilty to misdemeanor, I guess all just related to disturbing the peace because again, 
where they docked up was apparently a residential area, but that's it. And right. that's, that's really all that came from it. Now, my big question is, um, damn, I wish there was video of this. Like, yeah. it sucks like, that there's know, not video of this. Um, and you know, one thing I, I'm just like trying to picture the scene and going back to like the good old days of ESPN, I just picture Sal Palantonio outside of a dock and on Lake Minnetonka, uh, breaking this news story. Yeah. And I'll, was, I'll do it. I'll do a goat on, on these type of stories. I'll do a, a clip as to what that might've sounded like. All right. So picture this is him standing on the, the dock right behind the boat. And he goes, they're calling it raping and pillaging. Viking sex cruise gone too far. A bi-week party or a bi-week disaster. I'm Sal Palantonio, and I'm getting... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to you, Stuart. Back to you, Stuart. Booyah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Chris yeah. Berman's like, oh, oh, they wore condoms? All right. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, now, some of the finds... Uh, I love the fact that Snoot's fine was eighty two thousand dollars. Yeah, because it's like, man, I just paid eighty grand for this fucking party, and I've got to pay eighty two thousand dollars for a fine. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that like part of the investigation too was kind of like transporting hookers across state lines. I guess would be kind of a <laughs> kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, you know, and you have to wonder how they skip past solicitation charges on this one. Look. Okay, here's the other thing, right? I'm thinking about this, the fines or what have you. If investigators really wanted to do anything here, they easily could have. They could have yeah. they could have gotten these girls, they could have got testimonies, they could have found evidence of of cash payments being distributed, mm-hmm. especially if there were sex acts. There could have been all kind of prostitution charges given out. Look, it's Minnesota. They have absolutely nothing going for them there. It's a horrible place to be. They have the Vikings. They have the twins. That's it. Do you think the cops are going to want to lock up some of the best players on the team and have the community absolutely hate them? No. This is a very clear uh, example of, like, big-time athlete privilege in a community, in a small market like Minnesota. No, absolutely. And uh, pretty disappointed with your lack of love for the Timberwolves there. But we'll let it slide. Whatever the T was, T was garbage. <laughs> hey, you think Garnett was at? Uh, was he in Minnesota in two thousand five? Uh, maybe. I bet he was on the boat too. Probably. See, and that's the other thing that I'm looking at is going back to Chris Carter, uh, former NFL Viking, uh, or NFL receiver for the Vikings. Uh-huh. He had a great clip back in the day. Uh, I think it was about Randy Moss, maybe. Yeah, but he was talking about you always have to have a fall guy. So you sure. got to think that with bringing the entourage on board, they're thinking ahead of uh, ahead of you know ahead of the game here again because they're already bringing their fall guy. Like if anything goes down, if like a drunk stripper falls overboard and drowns, yeah, who's going to be the fall guy? Right. And here's the other thing, right? Like according to some of the other things that I've read, they apparently they tip the crew members like crazy. Like these crew members, they got paid. Like they they were never going to experience another uh, like payday like this for working on a boat for like a weekend. So you think that these guys are inclined to really go as hard as they can and rat these people out after they just absolutely lace their pockets up with big time cheese. 
I don't yeah, think so. I'd have a hard time doing that. And which, which I mean, look, again, athlete privilege, privilege, investigators not really wanting to shake up or have people like suspended big time or anything. Right. The real damage here was to the coach. So what happened? Look, they won nine games. They missed the playoffs. The coach was who and what happened to him at the end of the season. I think there was a pretty big fallout from him on this. Yeah, so Mike Tice, um, well, I think we need to take a step back first. Yeah, yeah, so sure. Once, once everything kind of came to light, again, like news, ESPN, everything else, police reports, get involved. And then um, Ziggy Willow, the owner of the Vikings, basically just, like, goes off, goes the fuck off on everyone, like, in tears, yelling, like, threatening to take, you know, to cut people, who were involved in planning the party. Um, you know, Mike Tice was the coach at the time. He echoed that basically, you know, saying that there's going to be uh, more strict uh, protocol in, in the locker room and across the, the team. Uh, but also, um, you know, if they're found to, within the police investigation, have acted inappropriately or criminally, he would definitely take action. Uh-huh. Um, this basically led to the Vikings creating a 77-page code of conduct, basically saying that, like, we're not putting up with any of the shit, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's one. Mike Tice ends up getting fired after the season. Now, yep. finishing second in your division, not that bad. No. But obviously when – when you have disciplinary actions coming from a, a large group of team members, uh, again, maybe the fall guy is the head coach. Lack of discipline. Um, it, the the pundits yeah. start talking. You have this yeah. like thing over your head. People in the city that are more conservative, which is I'm sure is a lot of Minnesota, are like, well, you can't even control your team. They mm-hmm. they obviously don't care. But like some of the interviews that we did see, like from the players that were there, and like they said that Tice absolutely went off on them when he found out about everything that happened um, oh yeah and he just he, he apparently like unrelentlessly just went off on these guys and like nonstop gave them a thrashing about what they were doing so it's not like he didn't care or had any kind of control these guys are going to do this no matter what so maybe he did kind of get the raw end of the deal here yeah 100 percent um and of course there was some fines there was uh community service um mostly for you know the disorderly conduct yeah, uh, Smoot and McKinney definitely got the the larger portion of that with huh, a $1,000 fine and 48 hours of community service. Um, and they also had 30-day jail sentences stayed for a year. So that is the full extent of their criminal uh, punishments and all of that being um, – right. <laughs> Uh, for again misdemeanor but disorderly conduct and then also and I love the fact that this is even one that is on the books but they also pled guilty to being a public nuisance on a watercraft that's a cool charge to have like if you're gonna have like you're gonna have like a record that's a sick charge to have <laughs> like yo do you have a record it's like yeah like you, you go to a job interview like yo hey like we did a background check of you and it says you you were a public nuisance on a watercraft, and yeah. the the yeah. guy's gonna the guy's gonna <laughs> if the guy, if the boss is cool he's gonna look at that and be like yeah dude so when can you start that sounds sick 
Right, and it's actually for a bartender job on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, something just stupid. But, but yeah, yeah, so so there was, I mean, the, the biggest controversy this of this whole thing was the media fallout. The, media the coach, fallout, the coach eventually getting fired, fines. And some, then, guys, some guys got released after the year, but at the same time, they also weren't very good. Right. But the the major thing that I see that really fell out of this was um, I, I think that a lot of the extracurriculars that you see with athletes and parties and, and things of this nature um, were kind of, you know, held to a, a stricter, again, code of conduct, but the NFL basically came in and was like, all right, guys, you got to, you got to tighten things up. We can't have this kind of behavior because at the end of the day, now I know that, you know, with, with a lot of the uh, social movements that we've seen with the NFL that have been just, you know, discussed at nauseum, um, people always say like, all right, well, you're, you're, you're an employee, you're the face of this franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There obviously is some negative blowback that will occur when, you know, when, when you're putting a hundred strippers on two separate boats or players and performing these lewd acts. I mean, it, it goes against what Roger Goodell would tell you is the NFL's values. Whatever. But yeah. Fuck him. Um, he, he needs to worry about a lot more things than, than guys partying on boats. Yeah. Uh, but there's um there was a precedent said yeah in that clip with the punter he also alluded to the fact that you know you've got consenting adults at a party like things are going to happen whatever as long as and i i agree with him as long as no one was drugged or you know nobody was forced to perform in these acts which again we weren't there. So, you know, luckily also none of the accusations are, you know, rape or sexual assault or anything like that. So yeah, good for those guys, it sounds like really it was just well intended fun, but you know, a couple of guys pissing in a yard and getting the, the cairns of the, the lake involved. It was just and, dudes. It was dudes rocking on two boats and they may have rocked a little bit too hard. Maybe they had the last great rookie blowout of, of NFL history. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that goes on that we don't know about that still probably is pretty crazy and it gets wild. But yeah, 100%. Anyway, another thing, this did have a small community impact. So fast forward to, um, to 2013, a member of the community bought the actual boat or one of the actual boats that the mm-hmm. crazy, the, the, the boat that was the craziest. Yeah, he bought this McKinney boat. Yeah, exactly. He bought the Smooth McKinney boat. He re he refurbished it and he named it Miss M I S S Chevious. And it's now available to rent out on Lake Minnetonka. So the dude just fully played into the scandal and is probably like caked up off that now. So that was yes. a very cool move from a community. And there, my favorite part about that boat, um if if you they never cleaned to- it. It's the well, same. It's, they never. You get the full authentic touched. experience. They never cleaned it. There's. It's the same exact stains that were on there the night after the, the yeah, boat it's party. Still, it, it still smells like an ochre patch. <laughs> um, but no, my favorite part about that boat is like in one of the videos that they've done. Uh, it's on Barstool Sports. They did a fantastic like 13 minute clip on it, like a little uh, mini documentary. 
Um, but there are Vikings jerseys hung up in the boat. There's yeah, yeah, of like the players that were actually. Jersey. There's a oh, Dante Culpepper jersey. Yeah. Um, you know, the dude is, he's 100% playing off of it, and he's having a great time. And Fred Smoot even said, like, guys, uh, just if you rent this boat out, just do not use a black light. Please. Like, where yeah. everyone's on good, do not bring a black light on this boat. Well, I hear that for an extra. Shows, like, how nasty it got in there. So, after this, uh, too, I went on the website of the mischievous boat to look into renting it up. Yeah, we should. Or renting it out. Yeah, and, one of our buddies is getting married soon. So, we should do that for the bachelor party. That would be awesome. But so, apparently, there's a gold package and then a platinum package. And the platinum package, actually, after the, uh, the boat, the booze cruise is over they walk you onto a lighted path to where you can piss in the same exact spot where the two guys pissed. <laughs> Stop it. No, that's a, that's a, that's a joke. All right. Cause I was about to get really pissed off. It's like, you mean to tell me this white bitch and we all know she was white, right? Like, uh, oh, dude. a house owner, dude, listen, no, here's the way, here's the way this whole Bring thing went down. To it. You and I both know the whole way this, the, the whole way this thing went down is this he lady white. This lady's white. She sees some black dudes in her yard pissing. That's why she calls the cops. Wow. If it was, she would just be like, guys, what are you doing? Oh, my God. You're drunk. Get out of here. Yeah. You never know. Those, I don't know. Have you ever been to, like, a lake, like, a very nice lake community? People are, like, very anal about their yards and their their HOAs. It's it's definitely the HOA mentality. Um, so maybe it wasn't like just racial. It was more or less the get off my lawn type deal. Yeah. But you're a fool if you think that wasn't a maybe part. Maybe she of was it. just pissed that she didn't get invited. I mean, I don't know, man. They, you know, do you think she would have made the roster? No, somebody would have dogged her out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> not, not take off ever. All right. This is the 2005 Viking sex bow party. Will probably go down as one of the great. NFL parties between yep. personnel of all time. I now mean, there is uh, one last thing I want to add. Um, not only did they catch shit from a, a, pub, a publicity perspective, um, you know, marred their image and everything else, but they uh, they also got roasted a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, so, come on. <laughs> Carolina Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith, who obviously goat. The GOAT, one um, yes. of my favorite players of all time. When they played the Vikings, okay, when they played the Vikings that year, he is reportedly, after scoring a touchdown, pretending to row a boat. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And I didn't know that. That rocks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then also in 2006, uh, an independent minor league baseball team put out uh, like promotion mm-hmm. type giveaway. And they gave away rubber boats to fans, which they claimed to honor the 30th anniversary of the TV series Love Boat. However, yeah. however, um, <laughs> each boat was yellow with purple trim. Okay. The bridge was designed to evoke stereotypical Viking helmet, and the boats were boats bore the name Minnetonka Queen. <laughs> That marketing person deserves a massive raise. What a sick promotion. You mean a job? Because it was probably an intern. They were just like working for free. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. So 
really quick, want to go over just a couple of other things. Who else, like just to put it in perspective, 2005, who else was drafted that year? Uh, like most noticeable. Good question. The number one overall pick was, I know, was Alex Smith. And then a couple oh, of other, couple of other, um, DeMarcus Ware, Mike, Mike Williams, Braylon Edwards, Cadillac Williams, Adam Jones, and you, had, you know, you have Troy Williamson at seven. Holy David Pollock, dude. David Pollock was picked. I hate that guy. Um, I hate him too. Derek Johnson, Marcus Spears, legend, SEC legend. Yeah. Um, so you had a pretty, you had a pretty strong draft class too. Yeah, not bad, but honestly, dude, like overall, that top five is a lot of busts. Yeah, it is. Like when you just think about Pro Bowls, I mean, well, I mean, Alex Smith made three Pro Bowls. I think Alex Smith, if he were to have stayed healthy, he'd be in a lot, he'd be a lot better. Yeah, than he is right now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But you know who else was drafted in 2005? Who's that? Uh, coming in at 24th to the Green Bay Packers, a one Aaron Rodgers from California. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. that is right. And he was he all, he's always – He would have been picked by the Vikings. Oh, man. <laughs> he's always been so salty about not getting picked, like, in the top five. Yeah, because he wanted – well, he, he, got, he gets really salty about not getting picked seventh because he wanted to be on that boat party. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, there's a minute left, and Tom Brady is driving. It's 31-26, and it looks like they need one more first down to put this game to bed. So Green, awesome. Bay, has, Green Bay has no timeouts. looks like Tom Brady has once again proven himself the GOAT, and even though I hate him, and he makes out with his children. Yeah, absolutely. So one last final question. Okay, last um, one. Because, again, I do want to – guys, we want your feedback. We want you to participate on Twitter. I don't really care um, if you do or not, to be honest. For the love of shame, um, just uh, you know, find us on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. But I want to know, Chase. I'm gonna ask you, and I'm gonna ask our listeners, if you could pick three NFL players to be on this boat with you, like throwing the most ridiculous party, who would it be? Okay, number one, you got to go Gronk, I think. That's the first person I think of. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the first person I think of when you think of, like, crazy. Um, Two, honestly, like, just to revisit, I'd probably go Steve Smith. And then three, um, man, I don't know, just just someone wild. Um, Let's see. Probably Ocho Cinco, man. That guy seems like he knows how to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. He would. Um, I'm gonna have to say, like, definitely Gronk. That that one for sure. I, mean, I think he's gonna be everyone's like universal top draft pick when it comes to throwing a boat party. No doubt. Um, but BJ because he already has experience on boat parties. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, dude, after listening to this interview, probably Fred Smoot. Fred Smoot, yeah, he slept on. Yeah, so- this guy's he's he's a baller. Respect to Fred Smoot, hundred percent. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, episode two in the books. Um, in the books. Any idea what we're doing next week, Chase? No, it's a surprise. All right. Keep it under wraps, just like the 2005 Minnesota Vikings. All right. Listen, if you like it, if you don't, fuck off. All right. Peace. <laughs>